where it's at. I got two Dan tables and a microphone. <laughs> Hello, everybody. And welcome to where it's at. I'm your host, Mark Pearson, and this is my co-host. My, your wheezing co-host. <laughs> <laughs> wheezing in a bedroom six feet away from his 20 friends and family members, all talking about how sad they are for him. I'm not sick right now, though, so it's okay. No, that's true. That is, my ideal, really... that is my ideal situation when I'm sick. I was, yeah. we... Everybody leave me alone, but be in the very next room talking about how bad you feel for me. <laughs> I think that just that sounds wonderful. Poor, poor dad. <laughs> yeah, like, oh. <gasps> <gasps> What does he have? He has gout. Why is he wheezing? <laughs> <laughs> Lay off the kid meats, Dan. Lay off the. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you haven't heard us before, this, this is, is a it. podcast is about music. Heard- yeah, this is all you this get. We just say random off the wall things. <laughs> and then we talk about music for a little bit talk too. About gout for forty five minutes. <laughs> Uh, if you want to send us this, like as if we get go, if we stick with this in like 10 years, that's going to be the podcast is we're going to talk about how there's no good music anymore and how our gout's (laughs) flaring up and how, (laughs) uh, if you want to, uh, send us a message or send us pictures of your gout ridden feet, Mm. you can send them (laughs) Send those to Mark, man. Send me nudes. Uh, you can contact us on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at Mr. Underscore Pockets 21. Or you can find Dan on Instagram at Dwight Privilege. You can also send us an email at wherepod at gmail.com. So, first impressions this week. I want to talk about my first impression, which was Wafia. I'm probably saying it wrong, but I don't care. 29. I I I'm I I gotta say I'm kind of glad I accidentally bounced on this gem. It's a five song EP. Uh, both the artists that I picked for this week are from the UK. I like to listen and try out a lot of music from the UK. I do. feel like they have a lot of artists that you don't normally hear about here in the states. Obviously, like big ones do, and you you know they come over this direction. But there's a lot of lesser known artists that I found that are really really good. And this one, I feel, is really good. Outside of like the intro and the outro, I mean, it's an EP. It 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 halfway falls into my normal thinking of an EP is typically just one good song and then just a bunch of B sides. This one, it has a first and the last track that fall into that category, but the middle three in the middle, I think, are solid. Especially the untitled one. That's my favorite one. That's been stuck in my head all week. Mm-hmm. All the songs are, all the, the two songs preceding it are great. But it's, I found this fascinating because it's got this simple just approach to music. There's a drum beat, there's a little bit of guitar or ambiance, a little bit of bell clicking, ringing in the background. Yep. And her vocals, it's very simple, it's very tasteful. It's it's almost plain, but it's not. It's done in such a way to where it doesn't feel plain, but it is plain. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And she's got great vocals. It's 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 like it, to me, when I was listening to this, it kind of like carries you away with the music and you can kind of forget. It's perfect chill out music because you can forget what you're doing. You can relax, you can unwind. Mm-hmm. And 
to me, it just feels like you could like pop this on when you're at the beach or like overlooking like a forest, you know, somewhere out in nature and you're just, ch- and you could just like sit there and just like forget about everything that you've had. Forget going about on your gout. Day. Yeah. Forget <laughs> yeah. about your gout. Forget about wheezing in the forget bedroom. About that flare up. <laughs> yeah. You can just be like, let me just drink another soda and aggravate this gout, but it tastes so good. <laughs> The soda aggravate gout? I don't know anything about that. <laughs> I don't know. I would imagine that it does. Coke can't be good for you. <laughs> like, oh, it's going to rain. <laughs> Old gout's flaring up. Uh, but what did you think about it, Dan? Okay. Within the sphere of this kind of music, which is, you know, sort of pop electronic. I don't know if I would call this dance music. It's not. This didn't it's really hit dance. me as dance music. It's just music. electronic. Pop, pop electronic. Um, you know, that's, you know, that that's a tough genre for me. It's a tough sell. I thought Mm -hmm. this was really good. Uh, you know, I could, I could listen to it and take it for what it's meant to be and understand the, 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 uh, the, the spirit of it and kind of the goal of it, the intent of it. I thought the prelude was really cool. That kind of simple piano Mm -hmm. that kicks it off. Same kind of thing. There's not, there's not, it's not overstuffed, uh, is, is I think what you were getting at. And, I thought that they did a really good job there. I thought songs like the raid had some really great effects to it. Uh, I liked the way that the bass worked with the, the little bell chime that you hear throughout the EP, which Mm -hmm. I thought was kind of a nice touch. It, you know, it, it, uh, when you look at the cover of this and, and I don't know a whole lot about Wafia, but on untitled has some, uh, writing next to it. That's, that's clearly in, I think Arabic. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, she's, got most of her face covered on the EP. And so there's the, there's a very Eastern influence to it. I don't know where she's from, what country Mm -hmm. exactly, but, uh, that bell chime is a kind of a nice nod to some Eastern music. And there's some other small influences, some touches throughout the record that I really appreciated. I like a lot of that kind of sound of stuff. Any, any sort of microtonal thing that's done in music, uh, is real pleasing to me. So I enjoyed that a lot. Um, the, I like the song Heartburn a lot, um, ex- mm-hmm. with the exception of a couple of things. Number one, I do feel like the chipmunk vocals was mm, sort of a deterrent. What I did like about it, though, was the placement. What caught my ear was the placement of the piano mm-hmm. in heart in Heartburn. Sounds like it's in a, a big hall or it's very far away. It's It's got a good reverby kind of sound to it. So I, I dug that a lot. Um, I feel like if they would have, or if she would have stripped it down to a, gotten rid of the chip monkey vocals and even get rid of the drums, I feel like heartburn could have been a really cool ambient track and I probably would have enjoyed it a lot more, but it's not to say that I didn't enjoy it. I just, mm-hmm. I think that would have made it a little bit better for me. Uh, you're absolutely right. I wrote track four untitled is the best, uh, really cool use of guitar and the chimes, great vocal harmonies, great strings fading through the song. I thought was really good, but, uh, it does remind me this is, this is my only knock that fading through song. Um, <laughs> Reminded me of that fucking Christina Aguilera "Say Something I'm Giving Up on You" song from the Twilight oh movie, goodness. I think. Yeah. And I've got bad memories with that song because at my old job, they had music just pumping through the entire office all the time. It was mm-hmm. god awful, right? And we're in, we're in a corporate office, but like just music going. I had to listen to my headphones twenty like the entire time I was in there just so I, so you go in the bathroom and that song would be on like 
on yeah. repeat. And there's like no worse song to hear when you're trying to pee than yeah. say something <laughs> I'm giving up on you. Yeah. It's like making basically I feel like the song is about my penis at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's a hilarious. that was a big <laughs> red flag big. for me yeah on that one <laughs> all in all though yeah i mean i know you're you're kind of not an ep guy i felt like eps are are they're they're give and take they're okay but i'm not as highly opinionated on them as you are <laughs> I, I ended up i gave this three and a half beards i thought it was all in all it's pretty good I gave it four and I do have to go on record and say the more and more I listen to it, the more and more I actually be like chipmunk vocals. Okay. <laughs> so I think that was one reason I was like, that's actually kind of cool. And I know that's not everybody's thing, but man, if it's a lot of songs where I hear it, I really do like it. So I just feel I like do. that's been done so much lately that I'm, I'm kind of over it as an effect, you know, it has been done a lot, but it's, I'm not sick of it yet. So, I'm I'm good with it. What did you pick for your first impressions? Well, for my first impressions, I picked the new song by Mono, a Japanese instrumental band who has been around for a long, long time, since the late 90s. I got into these guys in like 2005. A friend of mine showed me one of their albums and got me super into it. This is, it's post-rock, which is usually characterized by very long songs, very cinematic stuff, big epic buildups. We've reviewed a couple of post-rock bands before, like Godspeed You Black Emperor, and Mono is no different. The thing that I like about Mono, specifically in that genre, are for an instrumental band, they have a real keen sense of melody, more so than some of the other post-rock bands, where the other post-rock bands will pick a motif and just kind of hammer it until it's dead. What I like about Mono is there's usually a lot more changes within their songs. And mm. so there's a little more of, of movements and it goes from one to the other and they don't, they don't like to stay in one place for too long. I don't mind that, but it's, it, this keeps it a little more fresher. That's number one. The second thing about mono that I love is they are hands down one of the loudest when they kick in and get loud, the contrast between their real pretty, very clean sounding stuff and the very loud stuff is so huge. It's so dynamic that it just hits me right in the feels. Um, so this album is, is a, or the song that we did is called Riptide. It's from their upcoming album called Pilgrimage of the Soul. And uh, right off the bat, you know, it's, it's, character it's very characteristically mono it's mm -hmm. uh the song kind of starts with a little clean guitar thing then it's got this big explosion it's got some real driving rhythms in it um this one stays in a little bit of the same spot it, it kind of picks the same thing and does it over and over again but it it changes it in different ways like they'll add more distortion or they'll do some couple other notes here but for the most part in about these four minutes four or five minutes of the song uh it's it's meant to be just the same kind of driving you know you know and it sticks with that and uh, it's kind of cool. I do like that the song explodes unexpectedly, you know, mm -hmm. uh, right off the bat. And um, I like the production of it a lot. Uh, there, Mono's a band that's interesting. There's, I think there's a couple of bands that are just as dependent on their producer as they are themselves for to get their sound. A good example, right, mm -hmm. would be the Chili Peppers with Rick Rubin or Metallica with Bob Ross, like on mm -hmm. the Black Album. Mono and Steve Albini out of Chicago 
are a match made in heaven. They've done three albums without Steve Albini and they're the worst albums. <laughs> they're the ones that I like the least. And I know the reason why it's so successful is because not only is Steve Albini just an incredible engineer and producer, he records them live. He mics everything and they run through it all at the same time. So when you're listening to any record by them that's done by Steve Albini, very little of it, if anything, is tracked. It's all done mm-hmm. live. And I think that that's outstanding because you get a real sense of how this band is supposed to sound and how they're going to sound live. What did you think? Um, I've You've shared with me a few mono songs before, and I was always kind of like, man, this is okay. This one, though, I really liked. I felt like this set a good soundscape, <clears throat> and for when I listened to it, it just like hit me right every time I listened to it. I was like, I really like what this is doing. I really like what this is building. Uh, it was very... Um, I w- whenever I would listen to it, I would like sit down and like, okay, I'm gonna take a few minutes to sit here and listen to it. Okay. It was a nice way to like unplug from whatever I'm doing, whether it's at home or at work, you know, just take a few minutes and sit here and listen. And I really, really enjoyed it, which was not something I was expecting. The only thing knowing it's mono, I still at some points was like my brain being my music brain still was like waiting for uh, vocals to come in. No, oh, yeah. Is not any vocals going to come in? But still that didn't take away from it. It was just, I'd be like, Oh, are the vocals coming in now? Oh yeah. This is mono. No, there's not. <laughs> there's none. There's none. They've had, they have two songs where they're singing and one of them is done by their uh, bass player and she's just very soft-spoken. She's not a great singer. And then there's another song they did on another album where when it kicks in with the real loud part, they got a guy from another band in Japan. I don't, I don't forget the name of the band, but he does death metal and he comes in with like this death metal singing and it's very jarring. It almost, <laughs> it's almost juxtaposed with what they're doing and it doesn't, I don't know if that quite fits either. No, I, I'm, this song, at least by itself, without hearing the rest of the album, because it hasn't been released yet, I'm giving it a four. Four beards. Heck yeah. I'm excited to hear the rest of the, the album, be, partly because you know, I've been listening to this band for you know going on 15 years now, and I'm a big fan of their stuff. I, li- I like that they're constantly finding unique things to do. Like This song doesn't sound like a whole lot of their other stuff. So it's, again, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're pushing it in a new direction, but they also they stay in their lane. They know what their lane is, and they, yeah. they're like, all right, we're, we're not going to, you know, we're going to challenge, we're going to grow, but uh, they're not going to come out with like a load and reload where it's just so off the map that people go, what? Yeah. Um, so ultimately, I, uh, I'm excited to hear this new record. I was reading about it. They say there's a lot more up-tempo stuff on mm-hmm. this record that was inspired by techno and disco, which is interesting for them to say. So I'll be eager to listen to the rest of it. Um, all in all for the song, I'm going to give it the same as Wafia, right at three and a half beards for me. Okay. Wow, I liked it more than you. <laughs> you did, but that's be- I think that's because I'm a bigger fan of a lot of their other stuff. And so uh, I think for this to come in, I went, yeah, okay, it's, it's, it's very good, but there's other things that they've done that I'm gauging mm. it against that I like much better. Okay. I can, I can kind of see that. So what did you pick this week for your album? Okay. So this week there's a band that I just kind of got into recently called mint julep and their new album we review, we're reviewing, which is called in a deep and dreamless sleep. Now I've never heard of mint julep. They're not a band that I was super familiar with until I came across this record and I started to read up on them mm-hmm. and it's a husband and wife band, which is kind of interesting. So here's a couple and they specialize in this kind of shoegazy, dreamy, pop-ish, indie pop 
music with a little bit of dance, a little not dance, but a little bit of electronic mm-hmm. thrown in there in the background and stuff. And I think part of that's just because they're two people. Um, but the result, the effect that you get is um, a very interesting kind of sound that I like a lot. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll right off the bat, I'll, I'll tell if anybody's listening, there is nothing overtly grand or even very original about this record. Mm-hmm. But it's done really well. And that's what I think I liked about it is, you know, for this kind of music, for shoegaze and the kind of qualities that you're going to get with shoegaze, which is typically very swirly sounding stuff, a whole lot of reverb, vocals are way down in the mix. Uh, and then, you know, some some kind of ethereal sounding stuff around it. If that's your bag, this is a really well executed version of that. It's not overly long. It's it's each track's right around three and a half minutes. It's got some good melodies. I found it to be very relaxing and just kind of an enjoyable listen and a good departure from some of the stuff that we've been doing that I was recommending, yeah. <laughs> like daughters and things like that. So it was it was cool. Um, I like that it the the whole record has this kind of swirly keyboard and a, and guitar kind of thing going on the whole time but with mm-hmm. the grounding of it the foundation of it being in usually like an acoustic guitar and some electronic or some acoustic drums that are going on and um all in all i i rec- I, I equate it to like a van gogh painting why is that a little bit just in the terms of the swirly kind of nature to it if i think about a van gogh like starry night type of mm-hmm. painting that's that evokes the same kind of imagery that I get when I listen to mint julep. Um, and I don't know, they, they, a lot of their stuff is like beach themed, which I thought was interesting. I didn't really get the whole beach stuff. There's a song called shores. There's a song called in the ocean. So I didn't quite go for that. Uh, but I don't know, maybe that, maybe that was their, their bag. But for me, it was more, um, like just nighttime, very starry kind of stuff. And then, yeah, more, you know, I want to see some clouds coming in over the moon. Okay. Yeah, I, so. I can, <clears throat> I can see that it's, um, compared to the last few ep- uh, episodes, I was like, wow, this is very chill, very relaxed, very different. I think you hit the nail on the head where like, this is done really well, but there's nothing that really, really stands out about it a whole lot. Um, there was many, many parts to this album where there would be like a certain intro to a song or the certain pre-chorus to a song or the certain like part of a song where I was like, wow, I really like that. And mm-hmm. then it just doesn't go anywhere. Like, yeah. I, I felt like it would, should progress to somewhere and it didn't get there and it left me slightly disappointed. And so all in all, it's a great like background music. I feel like. But I think so. When it was over, after listening through it several times, I just wanted more from it. Yeah, and it, it wasn't bad, and it wasn't poorly done. It was it was just too much, like too much. Like you go to the mall and you go into like a trendy boutique, and this is what's playing in there while you know all the workers are there, and you're just like, it's <laughs> music that's designed to get you. It's just to be there in the background, mm-hmm. and so for me. <clears throat> I mean, that music has its purpose or whatever, but I, if I'm going to sit down and listen to music, music I enjoy most is the music that like pulls me out of whatever I'm doing and takes me on a journey somewhere or like puts me in a certain mood. And this like was chill and relaxing, but it didn't do either. It didn't tell a story. It didn't take me anywhere and it didn't put me in a certain mood. It was just kind of relaxing. So it wasn't anything 
super special. Like I'd give it like right around three beards. It's it's better than average because it's very well done mm-hmm. and it's it's good to listen to. But it's not something I'm going to be like, oh, I want to go back and listen to that next week. You know it's what I mean? Pleasant. It's a it's a pleasant it's a pleasant little mm, Sunday drive kind of record. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is, and, and I'm, I'm with you on that one. I think that the if you're if you're trying to get if someone's trying to get into like this genre with shoegaze there's mm-hmm. there's a lot better things to explore with it you can go the whole muddy my bloody valentine route um there's some like heavier shoegaze bands that i like a lot like like um spotlights and yesu there's so there's there's other stuff that i think does the genre better what i like about manjulip is um I, I, so I listened to it a few times through, and then a lot of times what I have downloaded on my phone just from Apple Music, I'll just hit shuffle and let mm-hmm. let the chips fall where they may, baby. <laughs> I, you know, look, I'll play fast and loose with the Apple Shuffle. Um, and I liked that when one of these songs would come on, it was a really mm-hmm. nice break. So it feels like an album full of interludes. <laughs> and when I was running it on shuffle, whenever this would come up, I would, it would catch my attention then. And I would uh-huh. go, Oh, Oh yeah. Okay. Man, julep. Yeah. And then I'd like listen to the album again and I'd go, yeah, it's, it's not bad. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> and then I'd go back to shuffle and then, you know, it would come up yeah. again. I'm like, Oh, what is that? Oh, look at, look at you, man, julep popping your head up out of the ground to see if you see your shadow. <laughs> Hello, little buddy. And then I would go on and I would listen to it again and I'd go, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. It's there. It's there. It's a good little, it's coffee shop music. Um, yeah. you know, it's, it's Starbucks music all the way. So I'm right there with you. Three beards. Um, I, I, I think that it's, it's very soothing kind of music. It's, it's very chilled. Yeah. What I didn't try that I thought would, would maybe be fun is to listen to this, like while I'm about to go to sleep. Um, it's interesting. I've came across three or four records lately that, talk about sleeping and talk about dreaming and, and are intended to be music to have on while you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, there's a couple of them that I've listened to while I'm waking and by design they're, they're, they don't go anywhere, you know, cause they're meant to be very passive. And so for this to be called in a deep and dreamless sleep, I'm wondering if that was part of what they set out to do or you know, which came first chicken or the egg or were the songs written? And they said, this sounds like being in a deep and dreamless sleep. Let's call the album that I don't know. Yeah. I would, I would assume one of those two, because it really does give that vibe. Like I, that you, I do agree with that. This would be something to listen to while you are going to sleep because I do like some form of white noise while I go to sleep, whether it's like rain sounds or TV going on, something in the background or music. I sleep, I get to sleep much easier and I sleep much better if there's white noise going on. Yeah. And this would definitely hit the spot for that. There's one record. This is completely off topic. I'm sorry, but there's, there's a band that I truly love called Sigur Rós and they're from Iceland and I'll talk about them and we're going to get into them a lot uh, as, as we go on with the podcast because they're one of my favorite bands and they released uh, either last year or the year before an album called Liminal Sleep in 2019. I'm looking at it now and it mm. is nine tracks and it's two and a half hours and it's meant to be like you put this on and you just go to bed. And it's really okay. interesting. It's interesting to think about from that perspective. And the tracks are called Sleep One, Sleep Two, Sleep Three, all the way through Sleep Nine. It's interesting. Interesting. That does sound really interesting. I'll give that a shot. 
So, so go ahead. That's it for that's it for mint julep. Okay. It just made me thirsty, a mint julep. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, you want to, you should say that in like a southern accent. <laughs> You know, like a like do like a like a Blanche Dubois kind of streetcar named desire thing. Like like the only thing better than a mint julep on a hot August day is telling the truth. <laughs> that's pretty good. I don't know what that's uh, <laughs> so for my album this week. <laughs> I went back to the past and I picked another UK artist of Middle Eastern descent who throws in some Middle Eastern influences into her music. Uh, Aya Morar, her 2013 album, The Real. So since this came out in 2013, there's a lot of drum and bass and dubstep influence on this record. She is a producer and a a vocalist. She got famous after doing a couple songs with uh, Calvin Harris, the DJ, Uh, especially one of the songs. Um, just exploded and his, you know, when his albums came out, she just took off. And so that's how I heard about this. And I'll be honest, I like her stuff more than I like Calvin Harris's stuff. I think a lot of Calvin Harris's stuff is like cookie cutter dance music. And some of his songs are pretty good, but this was just a, the, the right bit of weird and the right bit of different for me to really get into it. Okay. Um, it's like I said, it's 2013. So it's got like, there's songs like, uh, the predator and alive which have a lot of like dubstep influence. And they even have the, I mean, the rapper P money he's on there, you know, throwing down a rap over that. And that's, I do like that. I really do enjoy that, but I do like how she decides to experiment. Like there's the song camouflage girl with like this, that middle Eastern, like little, guitar sounding instrument, just doing that same simple riff up and down the notes and it carries it through the song. When I first heard that first time I ever heard that, I was like, what is this? And I skipped it. I was like, that's kind of annoyed (laughs) (laughs) to be fully honest here. I was like, that's kind of annoying. But then I came back through it. And as I was coming back through, I wasn't, I was like kind of thinking about something else and it gets to the drums and the song starts progressing. I was like, okay, this is actually pretty catchy. And so it's, it's there's a uh, a lot of music on this that's kind of like cookie cutter it's it's kind of cookie cutter dance music um there's probably three or four songs on here that could have done without it it's like a 13 song album that could have been 9 or 10 and I still I think it would have been a little bit better it was just too much um that to be said though still the songs that I don't like all that much still wound up getting stuck in my head, like stole cold heart, go hard and sign your name. I don't think they're outstanding songs, but I found myself throughout the week, just like humming them along while I'm doing other things. (laughs) And I was like, okay, so there is something to this that is kind of appealing. So, um, I, I always have loved the dubstep. I don't care that dubstep is dead. I like that. It's to me. It's always been when people like always would shit on dubstep. I'm like, what? It's just metal for people who like electronic music. That's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, and I love metal. So of course I like this. Sounds like transformer seven, six. Exactly. That's and that sounds kind of hot. That's what dubstep. I heard somebody describe it like that once and I was like, that is really perfect. Like that is yeah. exactly what dubstep sounds like. It's just wah, 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 you know. <laughs> but for a dubstep uh dance album, it does have the typical stereotypical things. Like it has a song about dancing the raver, uh, you know, and just partying. It has the song about, you know, someone who broke your heart. It has like the sad breakup song. It's got everything. 
that you're supposed to have for a uh, a dance album. It's it's kind of what you would expect, and then in some ways ways it's not. Um, what do you think about it, Dan? It's I'll tell you what I. I appreciate hearing your description of it. Um, I didn't get it. <laughs> I, I, I I've got some really strong thoughts, and I wanna I wanna let you know ahead of time, Mark, that this isn't a reflection of you. As oh, a I person. know. Okay, this is only a reflection of Aya Marar or. Uh, what she should have called herself. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, <laughs> I wrote that down and I wrote a better name for this album should have been DJ Tiesto. My patience. Uh, <laughs> this, this I'm, I'll be very honest. This actively put me in a bad mood. <laughs> How <laughs> I, I am not, the target demographic for this kind of music and, and Mark, you shouldn't be either man. Okay. <laughs> I, are, I'm not, but I still no. enjoy it. <laughs> I know. I know. But I just, I couldn't, I man, everything about this to me was, was, um, unappealing. I thought I, I, I wanted to hear your, your ex, your, what you liked about it. And I want to get mm-hmm. a little more feedback from you on how you felt this was different because I couldn't get over to me how generic it felt. Um, and, and I, you know, a lot of the music to me sounded like something that would play as a montage over scenes in CSI Miami, you know, when they're just showing like the skyline <laughs> over and over as they're transitioning, like next thing you know, they're at the murder scene and like, uh, what's his name's there. He's about to give like a cool one liner. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think, you know, her voice was uncompelling. I didn't think she was a I didn't think she was a particularly capable singer mm-hmm. when I was listening to this. I thought her vocals were kind of grating to me, like listening to, Hey, Mickey, you're so fine. Um, <laughs> I thought the song beg, borrow and steal completely stole the melody from Bruno Mars's just the way you are and made it worse. Um, <laughs> I, just did not, I couldn't get into this, man. I tried. She starts it with a radio promo. Who starts their album with a radio promo <laughs> for the album? I don't need you to advertise what I've just bought, you know? Um, so, so I'm open-minded. Okay. Uh-huh. How is this in, in like, I want to hear from you. Like, how is this different than most of the other stuff, like what were some of the things that, that you really felt made this stand out? So at least at the time when this came out, um, dubstep kind of came big in, at least in, in to my awareness, like if it was kind of an underground thing in like 2009, 2010 and 2012 and 13, it started to get a little bit more mainstream recognition. Um, a lot of uh, aspiring dubstep artists or more well-known dubstep artists would start uh, remixing like famous artist songs like Ellie Goulding or whoever, you know, they would remix a lot of those. Some of those were good, but most of them, I'll just be honest. Most of them are bad. Most of them, they would take like a good song. Like someone took a, like a, a LaRose song. I forget which one and got like five or different, dubstep guys to remix them and only one of them was tolerable the rest were just unlistenable mm-hmm. so i felt like at least from my perspective like here's someone who i th- i think she's got a good voice i enjoy listening to her sing so i was like here's someone who's taking that idea of rather than just remixing we're gonna write some songs that sound like this 
or, you know, she wrote some songs that sound like this and they put it in there and it was, it was different enough because it, it was varied enough. It's not just like most dubstep records at the time, which was 10 tracks of a bunch of songs that sound the same. And it sounds really just like electronic noise. And I enjoyed dubstep more when it crossed over into more just, it became more listenable. There was more melody to it rather than just noises and sounds. Don't get me wrong. Some of the old stuff, like Dr. P and stuff like that, that had a lot, was just a lot of noise or the noise kind of carried the melody. I did enjoy that. But when they got some really great singers in over top and blended it with it, I felt like the blending of the two really appealed to me much more. Okay. So, and I like this because it wasn't just straight drum and bass. It wasn't just straight dance. It wasn't just straight dubstep. There's a lot of variety on this that changes it keeps me engaged into listening to the album rather than just a bunch of because a lot of these songs when you you listen to like a dubstep or drum and bass album it's just all the same drum beat constantly and that gets old it doesn't matter if you change the melody or you change the noise it just all gets old and what i think she really did great job on this album was just there's enough variation throughout this it's like okay i want to hear what's next because i get the feeling that it's not going to be the same as the last one Okay. So that's what really got this one going for me. I appreciate that. No, it's I'm 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 what I welcome the feedback as as you start to give it and um uh, I I will I may give this another shot. I may. <laughs> I mean, okay. you don't like it. You don't have to like it. <laughs> I know, but I but even when there's music that I don't like, uh mm. You know, if somebody's passionate about it and what they like about it, uh, and, and if I can hear that, sometimes that passion will translate through. And even I may not be 100% sold on it, but I still can listen to it and go, oh, you know, let me see what Mark likes about this. Yeah. Um, going into it blind, though, whew, uh, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I almost, hey, but that's the fun of doing this podcast, of, uh, going into it blind, giving our first initial impressions that's and it. then coming back and say, this is what I thought. Like yeah. last week I was like, Dan, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and, and then it, the shoes on the other foot <laughs> yeah. and that foot's riddled with gout. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I don't know. I'm, I'm probably going to get this a zero. It's a clean shave. No beard. <laughs> no, beard. no beard. I give it three and a half beards. I, I really do enjoy this. It's not the best thing out there, but it's definitely not mediocre either. I really do enjoy this. Um, and I know like not everybody does. That's one thing. One thing I will find that does irritate me about dubstep music, or I should say people in the reactions to dubstep music, you not necessarily. Cause I didn't know you back then. One thing that I didn't like was, um, I went to Europe in 2009. So when I was in the UK, I heard about dubstep music cause it was like an underground thing there. And yeah. so I started like listening to it a little bit and that's when it was kind of just like raw and brooding and very dark. <clears throat> so I came back and there was, by the time I got back, I met a couple friends, made new friends and they were like, Oh yeah, I've heard of dubstep. And so then by the time 2012, 13 came around when it became popular and was on like the radio and corn was doing their shitty stuff with <laughs> Skrillex. I mean, there was bands that were like, Oh, Hey, this is huge. Now let's try and make it. No, just stick doing with your thing. Yeah. Don't try and get onto it because it's popular. And then 
all of a sudden dubstep died. And then everyone I possibly know, oh, I hated that. It was always shit. I was like, nah, three no. years ago, you, you were listening it. to this, 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 and you like, no, it's garbage. Only losers listen to that. And I'm like, no, that's, you're being an asshole. Like own the fact that you enjoy it. I do. So what? I like something most people didn't like. I don't care. I yeah. still enjoy it. I don't care what anybody else thinks. If I like, you know, Heck, you don't like the Eagles, and tons of people I know like the Eagles. I don't care. I went and saw them live. I was like, it was a good show. I had a good time. Would I pay to go see him again? No, because I've already seen him. It's not my favorite, but it's not the worst thing in the world either. Just own what you like. It's just my th- oh, that irritates the hell out of me when people like change gears on you. Yeah, in there. yeah. Like, I'll be honest. Like, look. I, I still listen to some dubstep stuff. Um, there's still some of it from that era that I enjoy. Like, um, uh, there's there's a record I have of a bunch of where they Wu Tang uh, they mixed a bunch of Wu Tang Clan songs mm-hmm. in dubstep. It's called Wu Tang Meets the Indie Culture Volume Two. Enter the dubstep. It's, it's still a fucking bang up album. It, it's it's terrific. It's 19 tracks that are just all remixes of Wu Tang songs done in dubstep style. Um, I'm be first to tell you, like there was even a couple of tracks on that fucking corn record that weren't bad. <laughs> there, you know, I, guilty yeah. pleasures for what they are. A couple of them that I really liked. I had some, uh, man, what else? I had a couple of, I had a UFK dubstep fucking album from 2011. That was just like a, a mix. Their greatest one of 2011. That one. I have yeah, that one. The that U- one's UFK, great. Yeah. This, that, this guy, I love that one. That one's one that, of the best compilations. It's a really good record. Um, I even like got into some drum step, which is more along the drum and bass side of mm-hmm. it, uh, and had a couple of things like that. So I, I went pretty far, I think, in my opinion, down that road, and I liked a lot of it. Um, but I gravitated more towards the extreme versions of it, <laughs> the stuff that, that really broke away from the norm that was challenging, and it was just like this sonic mishmash of all kinds of stuff, and it's it's really chaotic and just over the top with it. That's the stuff that I was always my favorite versus mm-hmm. the more subtle dubstep stuff like in, uh, you know, um, are you? Marar, <laughs> uh, because it is it is there. I can hear the dubstep influence, but it's subtle. You're right; it's it's in there, and I think that's what I was hoping for. Was when when we talked about this last week, and you said, "Oh, she's got some dubstep, some drum and bass influence, some Middle Eastern influence." Mm-hmm. I really wanted to see all those three things specifically because those are three really intriguing things for me. I wanted mm-hmm. to see those in the forefront and mm-hmm. the pop stuff in the background. Uh huh. And what I got was the opposite of that. And so I went, mm, I just didn't, it just, it just didn't, it didn't connect with me. Like, I think that this is, and like I said, I don't think that I'm the, the target demographic for this. I don't think who, I'm who she's reaching out to. Um, but if I were middle-aged bald man, that's who she's reaching out to. With gout. <laughs> With gout. <laughs> Shut up and let me eat my turkey. <laughs> Smoking cigarettes. Just remember when dubstep used to be good. My doctor told me to stop eating smoke ribs. I only have them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 
I legit once knew a man who said that to me. He had horrible gout. He was he had his own smoke trailer, That's and awesome. he was limping around. I was like, "Dude, what's wrong? Are you okay?" Doctor told me to stop eating so many ribs because it gave me gout. I was like, "How?" That's all I eat. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Of course you're sick. Oh, he's gonna live to be a hundred, man. That's that's what makes you happy. Everybody knows somebody who's like ninety eight years old and they just survive on like cigarettes and old crow whiskey. Yeah, and like they're gonna—they're just the happiest people, and they lived in '98 because they're doing what they love. Let that man eat his ribs every day. I thought I you were gonna say, say like he was like one of those like doctor said I need to stop doing heavy lifting. That's why I sit down to pee. Like, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, he actually and he made me some ribs. Like he made them and they were cold. He's like, oh, I have some left over. I smoked them like ten hours ago, and he just wrapped them in aluminum foil. They were cold, and I'm not lying. They were. St- Probably the best ribs I've ever had in my life. They were unbelievably good. Hell yeah. So, I mean, ribs may make your feet hurt, but damn, they're tasty. And he, look, that's going to die a happy man. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Good for that man. So, um, what do you have for next week besides a bunch of wheezing in your bedroom? (laughs) (laughs) Just more of the same, baby. <laughs> Just more, of, this. more of the same. I think these episodes get more absurd each week. I'm glad they get more <laughs> absurd each week. That's I got nothing else to offer. I Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put the ball back in your court because you remember I've been doing this lately. I've got a list mm-hmm. of things that I want to get to, and they're in sort of no specific order. But I've got another like noise record by a band called The Armed. I've got a real I've got the new Danny Elfman record. I've got an R and B record, a jazz record that I want to get to, a kind of cool alternative band that I want to get to. What are you in the mood for this coming week? What's what's your fancy? R&B. What's your fancy feast? R&B? Okay, yeah. then we're going to review an album that just got a 10. I follow uh, Anthony Fantano, The Needle Drop, on mm-hmm. uh, on YouTube. And typically, Anthony Fantano and I, uh, we we have a lot of the same tastes. I, I really like that he, he gets me into more experimental shit. He likes a lot of experimental stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, Daughters that we reviewed. Yeah. He gave that album a 10, which is very rare to get. He gave this album a 10 as well. Um, and they're, they couldn't be more different. And so it's going to be really interesting to go from, from 10 to 10. And I've been liking this a lot. I'd never heard of this artist until I saw Anthony Fantano's review of it. Um, the artist is called Spelling with three L's. And the album is called The Turning Wheel. And I started listening to this the other day and I didn't get too far with it. I've been, I think I've been through it like once so far and I thought, wow, this is really unique music. Um, it's, it's very much in the R and B realm. This lady's got just an amazingly unique voice. Um, I mean, she, she really brings something new to the table that I don't know. I don't know. Um, I can see how some people might not like it, but -hmm. I think if you can get over that, if you can get past how it initially sounds and get really into it and what she's doing, uh, this is a really cool record. And, um, I, you know, I, I can't help but be biased to some of the things that Anthony Fantano talked about on his review of it. Production wise, this is stellar. This is a really stellar produced, stellarly produced record. And Mm -hmm. musically there's some really, really interesting stuff happening on there. So we're going to do that. We're going to do the turning wheel by spelling. And then for first impressions, I'll give you the choice. We can do an industrial song for first impressions or another R&B soul song. Do R&B. Just okay. Do R&B song. Bruno Mars, Anderson Pack, and Silk Sonic. The song is Skate. Okay. 
That sounds it's good. a new it's a new single. It's been out. It's got big time seventies vibes. Love it. Ooh. Uh, yeah. And Bruno Mars is he's it's so funny how he kind of bounces from decade to decade and just rips it mm-hmm. off completely. Yeah. But I'm fine with it because he does such a good job. <laughs> so he went from like eighties with you know uptown funk totally uh-huh. ripping off like the Gap Band and the nineties with uh, dripping with finesse and like mm-hmm. the I mean the whole out the fucking music video was ri- the on the set of In Living Color. Yeah. Um, now him and Anderson <laughs> Pack are doing this like 70s soul shit and it's it's crushing it is just absolutely outstanding so we're gonna do that too cool what about you what are you gonna do first impressions we're gonna do a song just one song from a video game soundtrack so it's called far away and it's by jose gonzalez off of the red dead redemption soundtrack not red dead redemption 2 but red dead redemption far away by jose gonzalez it's kind of got, it's a Western game, so it's Western kind of like vibes to it. I'm really interested to hear what you think about this. Western like uh, in, in Neo Morricone, like, uh-huh. like that kind of Western, like. Uh, you you just have to listen to it. And okay. See. Like Good, Bad, and the Ugly? Yeah. Yeah? Good. Yeah. Okay. I like that yeah. kind of shit. I like so that a lot, it's, actually. It's. Far it's, away from 2014. I found it. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's, it's, I don't know. It's hard to describe. Uh, but anyways, then the, uh, my full blown album is going to be play dead by mute math. No mute math is from new Orleans. <clears throat> yes, they are. And I so know I've, mute I've math. been, I've been wanting to review this for a while. I know so, these guys. I've never seen them, but I know them. Yeah. Heck yeah. Okay. I'm getting some mute math. I'll get down with that. Get down with mute math. Their fifth LP is a lush set of shape-shifting alt-rock. Yes. That's just the description. That's what it said. (laughs) This is going to be a fun week. I'm excited for this week. And then next week, I think I'm going to do... I don't want to skip ahead too much, but I think I'm going to do the alternative record, and then after that, I'll do the noise record. Okay. That sounds good. The noise record's fun. It's a good one. Sounds good to me. Well, cool beans. All righty. Well, uh, Dan and I both have to go take some painkillers, soak our feet in some ice water. Some Epsom salt. Dense Epsom salt. <laughs> and a, uh, we'll get Dan, a, you know, something to help his wheezing get under control. So. I use my respirator. <laughs> yes. Get my inhaler. So- yeah, we aim to be gout free by next uh, next Monday. <laughs> we- <laughs> hey, you know what? At least we like fucking Thirty Rock. Fuck you, Adam Radliff. You nah, hate everything that's he's not good. Listen to this. <laughs> I know he's not. That's why I can say it. What an asshole. Uh, I don't like 30 Rock. No good jokes. Shit's dated. Maybe if it has shitty... Well, if it does have shitty jokes, then you would like it, because it would be like your jokes. Boom. (laughs) Mic dropped. That's it. In the podcast. Take these two weeks while you got the Rona. Write some new material, Adam. (laughs) Like I said, he's not going to listen to this. I'm going to play in this part. (laughs) Isolate just that part of the... uh, And like send it to him as a track yeah mark's like, rant hey, man, we gave you a shout out on yeah <laughs> uh, uh well thank you everybody for listening we'll see you all next week